It's time once again for History and Beer with Jim and Zerb. Welcome to History and Beer with Jim and Zerb. The show is recorded at my son-in-law's home in Connecticut. We sit out on the back porch and discuss important subjects in history while enjoying one of our favorite beers. So sit back and enjoy some suds and studies as we journey through history with Jim and Zerb. Hello and welcome to episode one of History and Beer with my son-in-law, Jim. Hi. Hello, how you doing? Hi, Jim. Hey. My name is Urbanator, and this is Jim. We're about to pour a Berkshire Brewing Company butte. Tell us about this butte. Uh, well, Ber- well, Berkshire Brewing Company is, uh, they're a brewery from South Deerfield, Massachusetts, so right, uh, right at the start of the Berkshire Mountains, and they've been, um, not sure how long they've been around for, but they've been putting beers out at least available in Connecticut for quite a number of years now. They primarily bottle in uh, in growlers and bombers. And uh, what's, what's the difference between a growler and a bomber? A growler is, is a large bottle with 64 fluid ounces, which is half a gallon of beer. And then bombers, I don't know how many ounces, I think bombers are typically 22 ounces. So, as, as opposed to a 12 ounce bottle which is or, or can, which is what we think of as being the normal. Right. And uh, we're kicking a growler tonight. We're yeah, we're about so we're about to open up uh, um, one of I don't know if I'd call it their flagship beer, but it's one of the better known beers of theirs. And well, not only that, but this is important to us because well, because the uh, first time that this I've well had this it. this was the first growler you ever drank, and yes, and I I got it uh, to celebrate the birth of my daughter and my which, granddaughter, yeah, and your granddaughter Jocelyn, Jocelyn which we. Consumed with my dad here at the house. Uh, the first time that was actually the first time you were ever at the house too. So and you better pour because you know how I shake and it'll end up okay. all over your porch. <laughs> all right. So but yeah, and so this is a very important beer to both of us, and shall always be remembered as Jocelyn's beer in little, my in my book. Little description of the beer as we're pouring it here. You get a nice, and this is one of the things I was just reading some comments people had online. You get a nice foamy head not excessive but a nice foamy head at the top it's a it's a traditional pale ale it's a little on the higher alcohol side it's a little over six percent uh alcohol by volume ap abv for uh brew heads out there (laughs) um nice dark caramel malty color brown yeah so cheers 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 it's delicious oh it's like a fine Delicious. Take a bite out of that beer, in my opinion. We have a quote here from uh, from from the brewery describing the beer. The brewery describes it as, and I quote: "A traditional pale ale, deep copper in color. Berkshire ale has a rich malt profile from pale, caramel, and crystal malts, supporting a generous helping of American and British hop varieties. A well balanced and flavorful brew." Berkshire Ale's medium body and aromatic finish hops offer something for all beer aficionados. Are you are you a beer aficionado? I was going to ask you the same question. I'm more of a a beer um, trinado, and I just go as I go. It's a it's become a habit because of you. Oh, I'm just a drunk. Well, you're a drunk, but and I like to emulate that, but. What I'm trying to do is is learn every single type of beer that there is because your knowledge is vast and oh well thank you and 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 it it, it makes me intimidated so for me <laughs> not to feel like that 
is to come intimidating along. people is one of my hobbies. That's well, you what do I like a very to, yeah. good job of it. No, I like that. And, yeah. um, Thank you. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I, I'll tell you what. This being a, a traditional pale ale, and with us having just read their description of it, you know, mm -hmm. they there's there's some things that come up about kind of the history and making of beer uh, that this beer itself can sort of lend. Well, it. I suppose it can lend itself into sort of discussing that a little bit. Um, it's a it's a traditional pale ale um, in the sense that it, it doesn't. I, I think, and I you know you'd have to have somebody from the brewery back this up, but I think it's basically this is a beer made of the four traditional ingredients of beer, which are the the, the four traditional ingredients of beer are water, grains. Uh, yeast and hops and hops were the last of the four to be introduced um, so beer the actual production of beer uh, I mean it, historians debate it but some people think that beer using the first of those three ingredients so minus the hops but malt and water and yeast uh, could go all the way back to the to the Neolithic age. So we're talking about um, what's Neolithic mean? Ne Neolithic Neolithic is is new stone. It was a it was a period. I don't want to get too boring here. No, no that's fine. <laughs> um, that's fine. The the Paleolithic was a period in in human history um, where very uh, simple simple tools were made and people primarily were nomadic and uh, lived in in small family groups that just sort of. You know, chased around the next rabbit they were going to gotcha. eat. Okay. And the the Neolithic saw um, a significant um, change in in the production of tools. So higher end tools, new stone. So ne they were just smarter people. Right. All right. Well, Neolithic is new stone. Right. They were they're smarter. They were making. They were learning from their environment. They were making better tools. And one of the big leaps in the Neolithic period was you start seeing large scale uh, sedentary, so staying in one place, villages and farming. Right. And one of the things you can do when you stay in one place and you farm is you can make beer. So it's it's True. believed that beer, in its in its crudest form, if you will, probably goes back. Um, we're, we're talking about eleven, eleven and a half thousand years ago, because um, the Neolithic age, the the early Neolithic, is about about ninety five hundred BC. So, so if you add a couple thousand years that we've been AD, you know, yeah. Um, now I mean we're we're talking about a good eleven thousand years plus ago. Granted, it probably didn't taste like this. I take pills for ADD. Yeah, um, but the thing I was going to ask you is it that's, true? That's its own its own era. That has nothing You're, to do you with. You are your own era. So the history that I've always learned, which I don't know where I heard it, that monks created beer to keep themselves warm. Well, monks didn't where invent did, beer, but where did that come from? In the Middle Ages, um, now. So, oh, okay. Well, let's let's go back to where we were. So, mm -hmm. if if it's believed. The beer, again, debated the beer could go back to the Neolithic that long ago, all those, you know, maybe 11,000 years ago or something. The, the actual first evidence that, that we have of it um, is still pretty long ago, but, but significantly shorter than that. We actually have um, physical evidence, like, like residue remains and that sort of thing in, in, in pots, from beer being produced in the Middle East with the Sumerian and, and Babylonian cultures, you know, wow. probably going back... We have, I, I think, you know, I was looking it up the other day, I think uh, real solid evidence of beer production goes by, there's a site in Iran, so, you know, present day Iran, mm -hmm. uh, uh, or it might be Iraq, one of the two, that goes back about 3500 BC, so again, tack a couple thousand years onto that, so we have, oh. we have evidence of beer actually being, without question, produced and consumed about 5500 years ago. 
Which is pretty, that's, but again, what it tasted like, I don't know, and it didn't have at that point, and this, so going to your question, it what that beer didn't have was the fourth ingredient of what we now think beer traditionally having, which is hops. Huh. Hops was introduced as the main flavoring of beer. Um, hops uh, being a, a vine, um, it's, it's perennial, it'll come back every year, but the vine itself regrows every year. So it just, you kind of cut it down to a nub, and then it, it grows back every year, and then the, the flower bud, when it's opening, before it, it truly opens, mm-hmm. um, you, you cut it off and you either dry it out, which is called dry hopping when you add that, okay. or you, you wet hop, which is when it's fresh. You can take them fresh off the vine and you can add that to the beer. A lot of times what you'll do is you'll, you'll put it in and then you'll have to take the hops out. So you kind of um, soak it in, steep it like, a, like you would a, a tea bag, for right. example. Right. And uh, hops came in, we think, around the 9th century, so sometime in the 800s. And that's, so when, when you hear stories about monks in monasteries, you know, who were deprived of certain things that we enjoy, but they were allowed to drink beer, uh, you know, these were people that were experimenting with, with uh, early, horti- you know, um, more advanced horticultural, not early horticulture, but right, more right. advanced horticultural methods and developing all kinds of different things you could put in beer, different wheats, for example, which would be mm-hmm. one of the grains you can put in beer, different barleys you can put in the beer, um, and they, maybe not they specifically, but in that period of time, in, in the ninth century, is when hops started becoming put in beer, and it, it worked so well. What do you think triggered them to use hops? What do you think was the... I think that they were putting anything they could in beer to make so it taste... To improve it. To, to improve it, and hops, hops serve a, a dual purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. One is that it adds what we now think of as being the main flavor of beer. The other thing, too, is it acts as a preservative. Okay. And, and, and through time, hops have actually been used in that way to create new beers. So uh, one of the more popular beers around right now is an IPA, which is a, an, an India pale ale, thought of as being a very traditional uh, American, really New England beer. After this message, we'll be right back. Lucky beer, premium beer, lucky premium beer, so Finest ingredients aged for flavor. That's Lucky Lager. Flavor that's entertaining, enthusiastic, a very exciting beer. Lucky beer, premium beer, lucky premium beer. And now, back to the show. So why do they call them India? Because because the um it was the no, no, uh, referring to India, uh, Great Britain owned um, colonies in in India. Great Britain really owned what we now think of as being just India. And they had uh, shipping companies that were leaving India, coming to the Americas, coming to their colonies in the Americas. And so they were producing beer. Not that we weren't producing beer here. We produced plenty of our own beer. But they were producing beer and selling it. (laughs) We were experts at that. Bringing, uh, Bringing beer over here, but in order to make the the long journey from India to to the American colonies, they overhopped the beer, which okay. gave it a very very hoppy flavor, and it became known as Indian Pale Ale. So it was a pale ale that was overhopped. Got it. And okay. and then, but what of course, us with our relationship with the British disintegrating at that point, we were making our own beer, as I said, had been from day one. We stopped buying it from them and just started producing that overhopped pale ale here. And we, okay. we really perfected it. And they went on to perform Newcastle. The, well, uh, New, I'm not sure how, how far back Newcastle goes back, but we now, yeah, yeah we're, we're back to buying beers from them. Yeah. In addition to making our own. In exactly. addition to making our own. Exactly. 
So yeah, actually, um, it, it, it's interesting because in different places, you know, today we think of a lot of beers as having fruits and that sort of thing put in it, blueberries, apricots with Magic Hat number nine, all that kind of stuff. In Germany, you know, Germany thought of as being really beer purists. Yeah. Uh, in Germany, there is a, a law on the books, a national law, that you cannot label anything as being beer if it has ingredients that are not water, a kind of yeast, a kind of hops, or a kind of grain. Wow. If you put anything into the production of beer that is not, so for example, blueberries, you, you can't label it beer in, in Germany. Now, we're much more liberal with that. Oh, of course. Yeah. So that's why they've got like 8 billion types of beers without any flavoring whatsoever. Exactly. German beers have a wide range of, of flavors, and we've copied German beers as well with our Oktoberfest beers. Yeah. You know, those are pretty popular here in the fall, but um, you'll notice that none of those none of those Bavarian-style beers or, or any kind of German beers true. have any, have any fruit flavoring in them. Yeah. You legally cannot label it beer in Germany if you go outside of those four ingredients. I'll take you out so, back and have you shot. <laughs> Exactly, right? <laughs> I would guess so. Um, so, I mean, what what we're drinking here today, you know, when they call this, when when uh, when when Berkshire Brewing Company calls this a traditional pale ale, um, there there this is not flavored with fruits. This is not. This is really a beer. This is a, a pale ale from America. That it's not over hopped. It's not an IPA. No, it's like, but it's it's made with those four traditional ingredients, and that's it. And it's weird. There's there's no coffee in it at all, but there's a slight coffee taste to it. It's yeah. Well, it's funny. You know, when I I said a, a little while ago, I was looking online, and you can look up things. You know, people rate them and right. give comments, and people can detect notes of all kinds of different flavors in this. People yeah. were saying, oh, it tastes you know caramelly, or it tastes it this, or even even Berkshire. When I was reading it before, describes it as tasting caramelly, but they're not putting caramel in it. No. What that's coming from, really, when you start tasting things that are sweet. But there isn't fruit added. Um, that that really comes from the the use of, of grains, because when when grains, the process with beer making is that you have to harvest these grains and then you, you crack the grains. Mm -hmm. So you literally open them up and then you you boil them, and in doing that, you strain out the actual husk. Um, but what you're left with is a is a um, a brown water that's called wort. And really what that is, Say wart, again. wort, W-O-R-T. Gotcha. And wort is really just, it's, it's like a, a brown sugar water. You've basically extracted the sugar from those grains. And then the wort is boiled with hops. Mm -hmm. And then once that cools, you can put the yeast in it and ferment it. And that's really, that's, that is the process of making beer. You've made beer before. I have made beer with varying degrees of success. Everything from uh, shared it with my neighbors and friends uh, with a with a beaming smile on my face, to hit it in the basement and deny that I had anything to do with it. it I, I've yeah, I'm I'm not exactly an expert brewer. I'm much better at drinking it. Um, some people would argue I'm not great at drinking it than than uh, making it. But well, I I've tried your beer once and I think I liked it, but I can't remember unfortunately when I tried it. Not sure which batch that was, but I'll if, if it tasted good, I'll take uh, I'll take credit for it. It was good. It was good when I tried it. So I want it to be known that you got your master's degree. Thank you. Yes, congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. And um, <laughs> and yeah, and thank you for doing it. And and the reason I say that is now you're available. No, how many more years? You don't have to go back this fall, right? I don't ever have to go back. Technically, so you're free. I'm, yeah, I'm happy about that. I'm a guy that likes school, but I think I, I'm ready for a break. And what is for your, sure? What is your master's degree in? My master's degree, it, I got it from Wesleyan, so it's going to sound fluffy. Uh, I, my, my, my master's degree is uh, a master's of uh, liberal arts 
uh, with a concentration in uh, social sciences. So essentially a concentration in social studies, which is, which is what I teach at the right. high school level. And you are a Native American history... I, I teach, uh, well, I, I currently teach uh, social studies at a high school in, in Connecticut, and um, I teach a variety of different subjects. I teach world history, which is more like an ancient world history. Mm -hmm. um, uh, beer does make its way into those lectures. Yeah. Um, as is appropriate. Not as is appropriate, and not as is appropriate. Wrong idea. He I does. teach the Neolithic, so he, I have to talk about beer. He, the he, Neolithic, he or I'd be cheating my it. students. He talks about it, but he doesn't drink it while he's teaching, right? You well, I, um, I, I also as teach. Samples, I also, I'd like to move on. I also <laughs> teach. Um, it's coffee in the mug that I bring to class every day. Mm -hmm. Every day. Um, I also teach. Uh, it's in the apple that they drink. Yeah, the, my students give me that. <laughs> the loaded apple on the desk, <laughs> and then all the other students run up and grab for it. How many years have you studied completely? Completely? Well, I, uh, I don't know. I started preschool when I was three. <laughs> what about from? Well, I did. I mean, when I was college. nineteen, when I was nineteen, I started going to Central Connecticut State University. And you're thirty. And I, I did. I, well, I, I did an undergraduate degree. I'm thirty-three. I did an undergraduate degree in uh, anthropology with my concentration in archaeology. Did a lot of work uh, with um, colonial American in in Southern New England, colonial American sites, and then Native American mm -hmm. uh, prehistoric sites as well. And then I did a post back where I got certified post baccalaureate. I got certified in secondary history education. And then um, went on to the masters from from there. Yeah, but I also teach uh, United States history. I teach a Native American studies class. I teach a world geography class. Beautiful. Yeah. So then that, that leads to my last question, which is, can we do this again with another beer and a different subject? Absolutely. I think that would be awesome. Anytime. Thank you. Sure. Because sure. I think it would be fun. And from the beautiful porch in Connecticut, in the back of my son-in-law Jim's house. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Jim. Cheers. Thank you, Cheers. And we'll do it again soon. Absolutely. Perfect. All of Zurbinator's music and podcasts are under the Creative Commons license, which allows retelling and rebroadcasting as long as the author is notified and credited. For more great escape pods, please visit www.zurbinator.wordpress.com. If you would like to contact Zurbinatorland, you can send an email to instrumentally at gmail.com or give us a call at 571-408-ZERB or 9372. Background music courtesy of Mr. Ted Weems from the 1920s and 30s.